Welcome to the FCA Board Chair and Director Leadership Podcast. This podcast is designed to increase the leadership capacity in your area. Hosted by Drew Beard, FCA Field Vice President of the Southwest Region. Listen and be encouraged, equipped, and empowered to lead others and see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. Now, here's Drew. Hello and welcome back to the Board Chair and Director Leadership Podcast. My name is Drew Beard, the Field Vice President of the Southwest Region. Honored again to have our teammate and uh, leader when it comes to board and donor advancement in the FCA ministry, Mike Miller. Mike uh, lives in Atlanta, has served, um, as you heard last month, in four different positions within FCA now for 33 years. Again, reminder, Mike's going to be celebrating 30 years of, of marriage uh, to his beautiful wife and has his, his three boys in college. Mike, g- great to have you back. Talk to us about your sporting career for just a minute. Let us let us get to know you just a little bit more before we jump in and uh, get on, on to part two. Yeah, so I um, was blessed. Uh, I, I got involved with FCA in college. I played yeah. college football at Western Kentucky University, and I had no idea who my coach was really when I went. And uh, Coach Jimmy Fikes ended up being one of the most godly men uh, in my life and really became a mentor. And I grew more spiritually during college uh, than all the years prior to that just because I had a coach in my life who loved me. Mm. And, uh, you know, he I feared him. Yeah, <laughs> more than anybody, but it was just I respected him so much, and he started FCA on uh, our campus and a place that I could really dive into. Um, was blessed after that to uh, just uh, have a short stint in the NFL, signed with the Atlanta Falcons in 1985 and the Houston old Houston Oilers in 1986. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, that's actually what led me. I met a guy on staff with FCA and to potentially uh, taking a role with FCA. So uh, you've told the story before. I've heard it, but share it with us. You're a punter in the NFL. What yes. What were you going to be when you first showed up to college? I went as a quarterback and defensive back and, and uh, ended up a punter. That shows you what a great athlete I was, uh. right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, no. was, what was the story about the playbook uh, that you shared with yeah, us? Yeah, so uh, – you know, when we first came in as freshmen, uh, Coach Fikes had us defense on one side of the room and offense on the other, and he passed out these playbooks that were probably an inch and a half thick. Yeah. And, you know, in high school, I had never seen a playbook. We were just drawing everything up on the board. Yeah. And so Coach Fikes uh, basically comes in and he said, guys, you know, here's the deal. To play for me you need to know everything in this book mm. and you're over the next three weeks in camp, you're going to be tested on this book every day. And if you don't know it and you don't test well on it, you won't play for me. And he said, the other uh, thing is that um, you need to be able to apply this on the field. And if you can't apply it on the field, then you won't play for me. And I'm sitting there in the room, probably one of the smallest guys in the room at the time and just so intimidated and thinking I'm in the wrong place. But then Coach Fikes, he pulled out his Bible and he said, you need to know the playbook of my life Mm. uh, because over the next few years, I'm going to have the opportunity to walk with you and to live this out. And he went on to invite us all to be a part of FCA and just powerful Mm. uh, in my life. And, you know, where I had so much fear about could I be a part of this team and perform at that level, 
you know, when Coach Fikes did that, it just inspired me mm. to, you know, really grow my faith. And I wanted to know who this man was at a deeper level. Wow, that's awesome. The influence, the impact of a coach on the life of an athlete. Praise God, Coach Fikes uh, was willing and ready and prepared to share the hope that he has in his life. Uh, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. Um, so last time we were together, we talked board advancement mainly, um, shared some amazing insights and thoughts about how to effectively recruit, train, and develop boards. This time, Mike, we're going to talk about the other side of the coin, your role in donor advancement lane. Uh, just a reminder as well, we're looking at the website, fca.org slash boards. Uh, as we talk through this time, we are literally at the very top of the page. You can click on the resources tab and you are going to get to see what it looks, uh, see some of the, the strategies and the PDF downloads and the resources that we have for our board advancement as well as our donor advancement. This time, we're going to be looking in more into the donor lane. When it comes to this website, Mike, you know, we mentioned last month, we discussed all the board resources, but because of the board's role to help develop a comprehensive funding strategy for the area, there are several donor resources to better train boards. Let's start there. Talk to us about the comprehensive funding strategy for local orgs. You know, you've experienced this because you've been in the field. Uh, you've talked about being in uh, urban areas, rural areas, major markets. Talk to us about this for a few moments, um, the, the uh, comprehensive funding strategy. Yeah, it's, it, it's really uh, such an important piece, the way we look at uh, ministry, because I think in the past with FCA, especially when I first came on, we were very event-driven when it came to our funding strategy. Mm. Um, we were basically uh, what I would call uh, transactional in our relationships with our donors. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's really been vital uh, to the health of our organization to look at this completely different. And so when you begin to think about, um, I, we call it the, really the three C's of donor development. It's connecting, communicating, and caring well for mm -hmm. our donors uh, to the point of how do we minister to the hearts of our donors and how are we inviting them into a relationship with us and with FCA? And what does that look like? So it moves from transactional into a very relational engagement into overall ministry. And when you think about the health of ministry, events are important, but it's really what we call our automatic monthly partners and our re reoccurring funding partners who really help develop the health and long-term uh, health of ministry with FCA. And then on that continuum from to a major donor all the way up to uh, potentially the estate aspect of how people can support this ministry. So it really comes down to relationships and we want to build out resources that are really supporting all of that. And and that's what this comprehensive funding strategy is all about. Well, Mike, as you already shared, going from transactional in our attempts to create healthy ministry leaders, we have to make the transition to become relational. And as you said, most of the time in my experience in the field, those events, they, they really were transactional. You, you obviously tried to be relational when you were with them, but it, it, it was. It was about a sponsorship. It was about a dollar amount to help us, you know, fulfill the ministry plans. Where I see the transition and the change being so impactful 
is that when you invite a donor into a relationship with the ministry, we talked last time about the compelling, clear, and concise vision of seeing the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes, realizing that every person has a part to play if God's called them to do that. And I think whenever you use the words connect, communicate, care, it gives our board members as well as our directors that are that are listening to this call maybe just one more reminder that in everything we do relationship matters talk to us just briefly break them down for us what does it look like for a staff person a board chairman a, a director to connect communicate and care with uh with their donors or to build out their donor ministry absolutely you know, uh, when it comes to connect, um, there are a couple different elements of this. One is, you know, introducing. How do we introduce uh, new uh, people to the ministry, and what does that look like? How do we invite them in in relationship to the ministry? Mm. And I always go about it about you know time, talents, and treasures. And and in many cases, when I first meet somebody, my heart really is to invite them in to experience the, this ministry with their time because. If they can experience the ministry, uh, it changes everything when it comes to inviting them to uh, be a supporter financially of the ministry. And so uh, that's the invite aspect. It's also involved. Most of our donors in our culture today, if they're giving to a ministry, they also want to be directly connected to it. Mm -hmm. So how can we invite our donors to experience the ministry, whether that's experience in a huddle, uh, potentially even being a character coach, uh, serving? Uh, in that aspect, mm -hmm. uh, so critical. And then obviously the experience side of connecting, uh, especially done this with our major donors, is how can I invite people to get out from behind their desk where we can really build a relationship? So it could be ministry events or it could be specifically, we've done a lot of what I call major donor experiences where my heart is to specifically minister to those donors mm -hmm. and cast a bigger picture vision. We do those around hunts and marriage retreats and a variety of other things that we've been able to put in place. The communicate side is really casting that compelling picture of the vision of the ministry. And it's, it's clarity around uh, telling the FCA story and who we are. And it's that being concise when it comes to communicating life change and how God is working in our own backyard. It, it's so important to do that. And then the care element it really comes down to how do we effectively minister to the hearts of our donors? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I use uh, on the website is a uh, form called Seven Touches, mm -hmm. uh, touch points to the donor. And it's really having a strategy around okay, how are we going to communicate to our donors yearly? Mm -hmm. Whether they've been an event donor where we want to move them to potentially become an automatically monthly partner and are invested in the ministry. And so in part of the uh, care also is thanking people well and then praying for them. Mm, that's great. You, you know, you mentioned the seven donor touch points. Uh, you, you brought up a great point. And I think that uh, for those local areas that have essentially been banquet driven, event driven, golf event driven, the sponsorships for all those events, how have you seen or how have you effectively moved them from event donors to help us create more sustainability for our local areas through to, to automatic monthly partners or recurring funding partners? Talk to us about that briefly. Yeah, I think the key in that is follow-up from mm -hmm. the event. 
uh, if you're looking at the event as being your funding strategy, um, then it's it's very volatile because events uh, go up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the follow-up in the relationship to those who attended that event is where it's critical. And sitting down with those folks, uh, coming up with a plan to where you can potentially engage them in the ministry mm-hmm. uh, at a little higher level, but then uh, inviting them to be a ministry partner with, uh, with FCA uh, by becoming an AMP donor, an automatic public partner donor. And when you do that, uh, it moves from somebody from a transactional relationship into an investing relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's both sides where we're investing back into our donors by that connecting, communicating, and caring well uh, for them. Yeah, you know, just as we are recording this, Mike, the last two weeks and the remainder of next week, I'll be spending a lot of time visiting my donors face-to-face, taking them a Christmas card of my family, getting them a small gift, just to show them the appreciation that, that I feel like uh, they deserve. And uh, so when you talk about care, in those conversations, I've heard marriages that are struggling. I've heard uh, kids that are struggling in their in their schooling and their sports and dealing with uh, what's going on in life. And what an opportunity it is to sit down and, and uh, make the main thing the main thing, right? Relational uh, capacity, growing together in Christ, and ultimately being able to remind them that their investment is one that is is literally seeing the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. So vital in such an important time, uh, Mike. Let's let's pause. I've got um, a few of, of my donors that I want to let them speak just briefly, uh, just a quick testimony about being cared for as a donor in donor ministry, uh, and then a couple of them, if I can get both of them, to talk about how we have used major donor experiences to connect them. As you said, get them out behind the desk so that we can have um, some relational time together. So let's hear from them, and then we'll come right back. Hello, my name's Scott Dillon from Ardmore, Oklahoma. I've been involved with FCA for somewhere in the area of 14 years. I was introduced to FCA at Extreme Camp. They were needing boat drivers and a boat, and so one of the staff asked me if I'd come down and help and I thought well that's a good idea it was as simple as that and then as I spent more time there uh, the main thing I started noticing is the kids started getting saved you know I I wasn't involved with FCA growing up never really heard of it of course I've always been involved with sports and and I've been a Christian since I was 18 was really excited about the two things that uh, are part of my life since then you know we've got to know the staff we've got to have huddles at our house got to help in several ways and it's always been more of a blessing to my wife and I. I think we receive more than we give. Uh, It's always exciting to see young people and coaches grow in their faith, become Christians. FCA is just uh, a part of our life that helps complete our life as far as the ministry. I support FCA financially just because I I believe that their focus is on spreading the word, supporting coaches. Uh, I feel like the money's used in the right way. I just just feel like they can be trusted, use the money to further the kingdom of God. I think FCA's been a huge benefit to my family. We have two sons, an adopted daughter, and we were able to stay connected. They all played sports, so they were all connected at school and at our huddle at home. And I I think as, as long as you're staying connected, staying moving, You've got a mission. It's going to just enhance your life in a lot of ways. 
Well, I got involved with FCA through uh, my friend and business partner, Scott Dillon in Ardmore, Oklahoma. He had asked me, uh, you know, if I was interested in volunteering uh, to come up for, you know, a summer camp, an extreme camp, and, and pull kids around on the boat. I thought, absolutely, that, that sounds good. I've certainly known his two boys from the time they were born and just wanted to help and certainly never mind getting out on the water any given day. And so that's, that's kind of how it all started just watching the kids and some of the kids that you know had, had never even been on a boat had never been on the water you know obviously seeing some of these kids that that were on my boat you know came to christ at, at this camp that is just so unbelievable to watch you know experience with these kids that you didn't know whether you, you don't know what they're thinking you know you don't know whether they're there just to go through the motions or whatever but mm-hmm. you know just to see their lives change right in front of you it was, it was very impactful for me grateful to be invited for one thing and a beautiful part of the country we've been blessed with and certainly a wonderful group of people that you know that I think were a good group of men and, and women that were there and just uh, I think that the speakers and the, and, the, and the supper that we went to that night just you know you could just see the conviction in everybody and the way they handle themselves I mean it's 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 inspiring to be around those kind of people and I, I wish I was around them every day my fiance soon to be wife uh, her middle child, uh, she was saved her first year at camp two years ago. You know, I, mean, I certainly, once I came into their lives, it kind of did the best I could to teach them about Christ, and get them involved in church. And, you know, for her to get saved that first year was just such an amazing experience. Last year, you know, at, at, at Extreme Camp, uh, my, again, my fiance Natalie, literally had prayed two seconds before, you know, everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, and she raises her hand, you know, and, and actually somebody tapped me on the shoulder. So obviously it's been very impactful. I think we all struggle to be better every day, and, mm-hmm. and I certainly do. You know, I think when you're around people that, you know, such as yourself, that that walk the walk and talk the talk, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not successful at that every day. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in business. I deal with a lot of things that, you know, hit you in bad ways, people doing bad things, and you handle them wrong or you handle them poorly. You know, and you have to remind yourself, you know, that I could have done better at this. And maybe we all do that, obviously. Mm. I always go back to, I certainly would never want to disappoint you or, or anyone else that's close to me in that, uh, in the FCA group, good accountability group that, that I try to strive to be like. I think, uh, I think everybody that has the ability should be involved. And, and certainly, you know, there's so many things that, uh, that are distracting our kids, the things that they're seeing and the, the things that they have exposure to. You know, we need to expose them to things like FCA. We need to expose them things to extreme camp or, or, or a weekly FCA meeting. Because again, if we don't get them, the other side's definitely going to get them. And I, I'll be honest, I think they're doing a really good job of getting them right mm-hmm. now. Because if you talk to them, they're they're they're, they're thinking way differently than we ever thought. So I would I would encourage everybody that has the ability. Take the time, you know. Even if it's a, even if it's writing a check to support the people that will take the time, mm-hmm. do exactly that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because it's a fight right now. We've got to step up to the plate. The responsibility of the folks that have uh, the means to do that and the time or whatever part you can play, you should absolutely do that. You know, I, I think we should absolutely put every effort forward to uh, to do what we can to get these kids in the right direction. Welcome back. I, I hope that you were encouraged hearing from those donors, uh, their experiences um, being impacted through donor ministry. Uh, we still have Mike Miller on the call. Mike has just dropped some gold for us uh, these last few minutes. 
and uh, we've got a few more questions, some uh, specific to the website, but more um, looking into the overall picture of how we see development and growth take place in our ministry. We've talked about going from transactional to relational, from event to sustainability through our AMP and RFP, automatic monthly partners, recurring funding partners. Mike, um, talk to us about maybe one of your favorite stories of seeing a donor engage deeper with FCA because of your donor ministry efforts. Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, I'll just share one story. that um, We had a donor uh, out of the Atlanta area who uh, had given uh, fairly significant uh, in the ministry but really had never been thanked very well. Mm. Uh, and in fact, uh, on a conversation with them, I, I found out that they had not heard from uh, any of our staff or uh, board members in over a year wow. based on the gift that they had given. And so um, my heart towards this individual was I knew he loved to hunt. Yeah. And so I invited him to a pheasant hunt. And our regional director, along with uh, myself, knew him very well. We both worked on uh, uh, trying to get him to that hunt. He ended up coming, and uh, as we were going, uh, he was really very stoic. Uh, Just, you know, Mm -hmm. couldn't read him very well, all of that. But by the time uh, the hunt was over, he was the life of the party. And what transpired during that time is our number one goal at those types of experiences are really ministering to the heart of our donors. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible study time that we had together, the peer-to-peer fellowship that transpired there, uh, he ended up telling me, he said, you know, the hunt was fantastic, but more important to me was the ministry time with these other men. Mm. And he told uh, our, the regional director and myself on the way home, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give 10 times what I've been giving. Wow. And uh, he was already a Landry donor, so that kind of gives you the idea. Mm. And he, he actually did that. And part of that was during that time, we took a short time to cast a bigger picture vision of what the ministry was going to look like going forward. And so the Lord used that time to really build that relationship. And that relationship has been rich for many, many years since then. That's, that's an awesome story. You know, Mike, uh, in talking to some field staff in some local areas, some of the concerns they have when they hear the word major donor, they, they wonder, well, man, I don't have anybody at those levels. I've tried to encourage them, and, and you can speak to this for a second. Unity without uniformity gives us a lot of opportunity. We may define a major donor starting at $10,000 a year, but for a new growing and upcoming board and local area, don't we want to give them the freedom to define what their major donors is, what number, what financial amount that might be, and how important is it for them uh, to, yeah, just to assess that? An example of that for me was in West Virginia. You know, we, we didn't have any of what we would call our Landry-level donors mm-hmm. at that $10,000 mark. And we ended up as a board really talking through what's a major donor uh, for us right now. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being $2,500. Yeah. And so that's the way we built that out. And we built the strategy, uh, how we're going to communicate, connect, and care with um, with those donors. Mm-hmm. And so, absolutely. That's good to hear from you. Um you know, we're on the topic of major donors. I just pulled up the website, fcalegacy.org. On that homepage, it says, leave a mark. Leave a mark. Uh, talk to us, and let's cast a little vision for our board chairs and directors. You know, we've heard the word ring of honor 
Uh, we've heard the word leave a mark. You've mentioned Landry-level donors. Talk to us about that legacy-giving site, and tell us what the Ring of Honor looks like. Yeah, so, um, you know, going back to uh, how we really began was, you know, we talked about immediate needs and how we were, when we first started, uh, you know, a lot of our funding strategies were around events, very transactional, um, kind of focused on needs today. And one of the things that I, I felt like and we've really prayed through is uh, all the way from the beginning relationship with a donor to a pension, uh, potentially a state giving. So the idea was really to build our website out with the opportunity to help donors understand what a major donor is, but also uh, potentially estate opportunities for uh, giving to the ministry. Mm. And that's really a new element of what we're doing, but it's a very exciting one. Mm -hmm. You know, Shane always talks about impressions versus imprint. Mm. And Shane's our president of FCA. Mm. And, you know, an impression is what somebody thinks about you, but an imprint is the mark that somebody leaves on you. Mm. So one of the things that we're really trying to do is invite people who especially are part of what I call our lifetime level giving all the way up to the ring of honor with the opportunity to consider FCA in their estate. Yeah. Uh, we've had yeah. some real blessings around that. Uh, we, we had one area that we had no idea that uh, this person had done it, but they left over a million dollars in FCA wow. uh, in their estate. Mm. And so that area ended up being incredibly blessed by that gift. Yeah. And so I think there are many, many opportunities for us to process that. What would it look like? How do we communicate that well uh, going forward? Mm -hmm. And my board chair who was in Atlanta used to tell me, Mike, it's really uh, let's do what we call a drip method. And that's just putting little touch points out there, inviting especially our lifetime level donors uh, to consider FCA in their estate. Mm -hmm. And let's see what God does. Wow, that's really good. You know, testimony from a, a, a state director in Louisiana, Terry Slack, became aware of the Tom Landry Associates, our our former name for our legacy giving uh, page and, 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 and plan. He had heard about someone giving 10000 uh, a year, and he said, I just felt compelled to write down a list of every person that I thought could do it. And I just went and asked them. I presented the plan. I had a plan first, but I went and presented it to him. And he said after that year, he said he had, I want to say, and I'm probably wrong, 21 to 25 different conversations, I think landing 10 that year. Wow. And, and so uh, that was early in his ministry uh, as the leader there in Louisiana. And so I mean, casting some vision for these board chairs and directors, letting them know that it's, it's, it's all about where you start. Uh, but when you start, have that plan, have the vision. We have our vision-based staffing maps of what it looks like to fulfill uh, reaching every coach and every athlete. And I know, um, as you've shared, that the drips of how we're going about fulfilling that vision and pursuing that mission is something that's very compelling to our donors. So, Mike, thanks for the conversation this time around donors. Any final thoughts around donor ministry that you would like to leave us with before we, before we get ready to wrap up? Uh, just uh, encourage just uh, being real intentional around the heart of the donor. Mm. 
And, you know, as we minister to the hearts of our coaches, uh, let's focus on that. And I think you'll be amazed at the growth of ministry because of the intentionality around that. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. Mike, one more time, just maybe an FCA story, a sports moment um, that uh, that just has impacted you, whether that's personally or something that you have uh, been at or watched on television. Just talk to us real quickly. Close our time out with maybe a favorite sports moment uh, for you. Yeah, so I was thinking about that. And, um, uh, you know, I love uh, historic stories like Chariots of Fire, Eric Little, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But one that I read recently was a book called Boys in the Boat. Mm. And it was about the uh, 1936 uh, U.S. Olympic team and a group uh, from Washington State, the University of Washington, uh, that ended up going to uh, the Olympics as a crew team, an eight-man crew team. And overcoming all these obstacles and odds, they win the gold medal. Wow. And it, it, if you get a chance, read that book. Okay. It is just a powerful testimony to a group of young men that were loggers and farmers mm. uh, that ended up in a very elite sport and ended up winning the gold medal for the United States. It was wow. It's just really a powerful story. So that's mm. one that's had a big impact on me recently. Yeah, well, that's that's amazing. That's great. Mike, thank you so much for your leadership uh, in board and donor advancement. Thanks so much for your vision of being relational with our donors and doing everything you can to help cast that down into our ministry. On top of that, more than anything, Mike, getting to know you over the last two years, man, what a what a blessing you've been to my life and to so many others. Thanks for always being willing to serve the field and do your best to equip us with what we need to be empowered in this ministry. So Mike, God bless you. All right, Mike, thank you so much, buddy. This is FCA. And uh, one day I just asked him, you know, what it was about him that was different and what it was that I liked. And he and I began some spiritual conversations. Over the course of a couple of months, uh, I began to see a framework what he was really rooted in that was obviously rooted in Christ. He invited me to an FCA banquet one day. At that point in time, I'd never heard of FCA. But I went to the banquet. There was going to be a professional athlete that I knew that I get to maybe meet, shake his hand. So long story short, Drew, uh, that professional athlete shared the gospel that day. And for the first time in my life, I was able to connect the dots of all the things I was chasing. And ultimately, I surrendered my life to Christ. How can you serve Christ today? So trying to encourage the board members to get to the point where they can see SCA unfold on the field or in the camp, which will reinforce that why we're serving or why we're giving or just that why FCA question that heard you asked before. How can you serve Christ today? Right where you are. Listen to the FCA Board Chair and Director Leadership Podcast with Drew Beard, every month as he speaks with other board members, FCA staff, and coaches. Give an encouraging word on how you can make an impact through FCA.